There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning into the podcast. This is our Friday edition of the podcast. Looking forward to the weekend. And of course, this is a special weekend for most of us. Uh, this is our Christmas weekend. Of course, tomorrow is Christmas Eve, Christmas the following day. And we're looking forward to the house of God, looking forward to the things of God. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if we went to the house of God on Christmas Day and somebody was born again by the marvelous grace of God? What a wonderful event that would be. And uh, they talk about knowing the time and knowing the place. Well, you know, if you got saved on Christmas Day at the house of God, I imagine even in your oldest years, I believe you could remember the time and the place if you got saved on Christmas Day. What a joy. I never heard a testimony of somebody getting saved on Christmas Day. Uh, but I know that at least every seven years we go to the house of God. Problem is most churches cut their services off. They shave off services. Most cancel services. And uh, all of a sudden, the Lord has to take a back seat to the things of Christmas. And so I do pray that the Lord gives us a good weekend in the house of God. I pray the Lord bless each of you, your families. I pray that the Lord will help you. And I know my uh, mom and, and my stepdad, I don't say a lot in this podcast, of personal things, but they're going through a pretty rough patch right now. So please pray for them. His name is Bill. And he just needs prayer. And uh, my mom needs prayer. She's his caretaker right now. And I got a dad out west. He's in upstate Montana right now. And he's driving for the railroad. And uh, my dad's in his mid mid to late 70s. And he got a job out there. And so he won't be back for Christmas. And uh, just pray for my family, if you would, please. Pray for my sisters. Pray for my uh, my children, my wife. That God would just help us this year. I got a lot of lost family that need the Lord. Many of you have lost family that need the Lord. Uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us if you'd like us to pray. And uh, we got a whole list of people we pray for that need salvation and ask the Lord to help them. We're going to be back in Psalm 119 again today. And I'm going to start in Gimel, which is a verse 17, and read down. And I might go on and pass the next eight verses. But, of course, this is the division of Psalm 119. Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. My soul breaketh for the longing that hath under thy judgments at all times. Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept thy testimonies. Princes also did sit and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. And so again, as we look at Psalm 119, this third section of Psalm 119, uh, we see many of the key words we've looked at already, the law, the commandments, his judgments, uh, his testimonies, his statutes. Each one of those is mentioned in this section, in this passage. And so as we look at that, we have understanding a little bit about each of those matters. If you've been listening to the podcast But he said, then deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. 
And so just look at that word bountifully in Scripture. I'll give you a couple of verses. There's none in Psalm 119 except for this one. But I'll give you a couple of others. In Psalm 13, 6, I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Return unto thy rest, O my soul. We talked about that just the other week in Psalm 116 in verse 7. For the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. In Psalm 142 and verse 7, in one of those wonderful uh, passages that we see here, uh, he says, Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. And so we see that bountifulness. We see the bountifulness of the Lord. We see that he is kind, he is loving, he is gracious. Uh, one, one place I looked, the thesaurus said generous was, of course, a, a companion word, and all of that is true, but to be bountiful, to, uh, to be bountiful in your own life, to be bountiful in the things of God, to be bountiful in the blessings of the Lord, to be gracious and kind to others, to give to others, especially in this time of year when it seems like folks are more generous this time of year, but to deal bountifully. And he's asking the Lord, and he says, deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. I believe the idea there, as I look at that personally, is because if he's not bountiful, if he doesn't have uh, the goodness of God extended to him, doesn't have the graciousness of God extended to him. This is a day when if your flocks died and your garden dried up, you're in danger of famine. And yet Job, of course, told us in Job 5 that the Lord would keep you from the famine. He'd keep you in the safety. He'd keep you in the shelter and the protection. And so he deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. And that's when Hezekiah prayed. He just wanted to keep God's word. And there's many people I know in sickness today and unusual diseases. And how many of them are concerned about getting better? But how many of them are concerned about getting better that they might live for God? And I don't mean tempting God or challenging God or threatening God. I just mean they genuinely, in their heart, they want to live for God. Their desire is to live for a holy God. And that's in their heart to do so. How many people are like that today? No, most people want healing, and they'll make empty promises, foxhole conversions, and everything else. But the reality is that if we live, that we can keep the word of God, what a joy that would be. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. And there are wondrous things in his law. The law, of course, we understand are statutes and commandments and testimonies. And we've talked about this already in the podcast, but there's precepts in there. There's judgments in there. All of those things are in God's law. And then when you really look at the law of God and you look at the, the law of the sacrifices, oh, what wondrous things are in that law. When you see Jesus Christ, when God opens your eyes and reveals the soul of Jesus Christ, the body of Jesus Christ, the offering that is Jesus Christ, what a joy that is. And then you see that high priest in the law. And his role, and you realize that high priest is that picture of Christ, that type of Christ. We realize that we ourselves have a high priest in the heavens, which is Jesus Christ. There are wondrous things. These are marvelous things. And so he asked the Lord to open his eyes that he would see these things. And I believe it ought to be our prayer today, Lord, open our eyes that we can behold wondrous things out of thy law. I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. We are foreigners. We are pilgrims. We are strangers. This world is not our home. That's not just a song or a cliche. That's the reality. This world is not our home. Uh, we're looking for a city. We're like those others that were looking for a city. 
Uh, they they had seen the promises afar off. They'd never received them, of course, but they'd received they'd seen those promises afar off. But they were looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. And so you and I are also looking for that same promise. Why? Because we're strangers. So we asked the Lord, hide not thy commandments from me. That's what this world needs. They need God's commandments. They need God's law. They need the entrance of thy word giveth light. And oh, how they need the words of God to enter their heart that they might see the light. But yet they don't want the commandments of God. They don't want the precepts of God. They don't want the testimonies of God. What they want is a little bit of religion. Most people, most people, they don't even want religion. I say a lot of people today, most don't even want religion. They're not even concerned about religion. They weren't raised in religion. It's all a myth to them. Uh, They believe the liberal media, the slanted media, that religion is a myth. Religion is dying. And Therefore, if it's dying, it must have never been real to begin with. And do they not realize that that media is controlled by atheists and agnostics and those of perverse minds and perverse natures have denied the existence of God and have cursed God in their hearts and hate God? And they lie on God and lie about God or the father, the devil, the works of their father, they're doing. They not realize that yet they'll believe what the the teacher tells them, the teacher that's an atheist, the teacher that went to college and and marched against what we believe are things of holiness and marched against those things and marched for women's rights and marched for abortion and for gay marriage and legalization of drugs and And then that same teacher goes and begins to teach in school, elementary school, middle school, high school. I'm not talking about the teachers of 40 years ago. I'm talking about today's modern teachers. And they've been taught that God does not exist. God is a myth. I remember in high school over 30 years ago, and I had a teacher that would fail me because I would challenge her. And I didn't do it right. I was far from a Christian, but I would challenge her about her atheistic beliefs and her evolution beliefs. And she would fail me and she'd fail me on my papers. And I'd write in my papers about creation. I did it just to be obnoxious, not because of faith. And uh, yet she would intentionally delete. My mom finally had to go to the school and confronted her and the principal. And they finally came to an amicable agreement. But she just, I, even 30 years ago, the biology teacher hated the things of God, hated the existence of God, cursed God, said there is no God, taught us. Imagine how much worse it is today. And so they need the entrance of the, of the light of the word of God. And that's why we're strangers. We don't fit in this world. This world needs God's commandments. They need that law of God, but they're not going to receive the law of God. They put themselves in a place behind gates and behind protections and locked doors where uh, no one can get to them. And again, the, the joke of yesteryear has become the reality of today, but front porch America no longer exists. Nobody sits on their front porch. Nobody sits out today. They're worried about getting robbed or shot or somebody going by filming them and then being the next YouTube star in their folly and and they stay in their homes. And so you go knock on a door today, nobody answers the door. It's just the reality. They don't want to hear the truth. They don't want someone to come by and tell them about Jesus Christ. People are not sitting at home pining over someone to come by and please tell them about Jesus Christ. I have not been riding down the road and seen a car pulled over on the side of the road and walked up there and found an Ethiopian eunuch sitting in his car, weeping over his sin, his lost condition, begging God to do something, and says, and understand what thou readest, how can I except some man should show me? It hasn't happened. Maybe it's happened to you. It hasn't happened to me. You know why? Because people are in that condition today. They need the law of God. They need the commandments of God. They need somebody to tell them about this man, Jesus Christ. And to tell them about Jesus Christ, they must see Christ in the law. They must see Christ in the prophets. My soul breaketh for the longing that it hath under thy judgments at all times. And this is thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed 
which do err from thy commandments. And so God has rebuked the proud, and yet the proud still press on. They make fools of themselves in their pride, but they press on. They don't believe the commandments of God. They do err from the commandments of God. They call good things bad today. They call bad things good. And by the way, that's not just for today. It's just been worse than today. Men are waxing worse and worse, and it's more mainstream. And social media has really helped this thing accelerate. And I personally don't waste my time getting on the internet and arguing with fools. And I tried that back in 96 on AOL and got into some religious chat rooms and found out that religious chat rooms are just full of fools. And I finally bailed out. The Lord taught me a valuable lesson about that about 90, early 97, 98. And then when Facebook came out, I had people tell me they're contending with Church of Christ on Facebook and contending with LDS on Facebook. And I remember just saying, well, waste your time. Sure enough, they were wasting their time. Well, so it is on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, You just pick the platform. You're wasting your time arguing with people, wasting your time trying to convince people. They're proud. They err in the commandments of God. They're so proud in what they believe. They're so proud of their education. They're proud of their life. They're proud of their riches. They're proud of their family. They're proud out of their position, you name it. There's so much pride today. Therefore, they err in the commandments of God. In verse 22, remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept thy testimonies. It's not wrong to ask God for that. We don't want to, to have contempt in our lives. We don't want to be contemptible, but we certainly don't want others to show contempt. And we also don't want that reproach. If the Lord would remove that reproach, and by the way, we wouldn't have a lot of the reproach we have if we kept his testimonies. If our name was good in this world, we wouldn't have a lot of the reproach we have. And I've listened to people that have absolutely been slandered by people, but then I've also listened to people complain about their lot, and half of what's being said of them is true, because there is a great reproach upon them because of how they act and their treatment of people and their manners towards people. So if you're going to be accused, be accused falsely. If you're going to be accused, make sure that somebody's accusing you wrongfully and that God can then take that reproach away if you're keeping his testimonies. He can take that contempt away if you're keeping his testimonies. But you got to keep his testimony, that testimony of Jesus Christ. He says, princes also did sit and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. So again, no matter who speaks, no matter who curses, no matter who mocks, if the President of the United States came out with an edict today and spoke out against what I believe, it wouldn't bother me one bit. I've kept the statutes of God. And in the position the psalmist is writing here, that's where he is. Princes have, have torted him. Princes have slandered him. By the way, we're getting pretty close to messianic there, but I don't have dogma about that, so I'm not going to be too emphatic in speaking now, but it's pretty close because we get into verse 25 down through 32, and those eight verses I believe absolutely are, and we'll talk about that in the next podcast. But these princes are going to sit and speak against me. But again, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. What a safe place to be. In verse 24, thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. And I hope that you have a delight in the testimonies of God. I hope that they are your counselors. Even as we speak this Christmas, counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, Jesus Christ. I pray that his testimonies, I pray that they are your delight. I pray that they are your counselors. I pray that you find solace in those testimonies. I pray in this time of Christmas that you find that rest in Jesus Christ. 
I pray as we go through Psalm 119 that God would deliver some of you from your pride, deliver some of you from that which burdens you down, that which has kept you in bondage, that you could also enter into that rest, that God would deal bountifully with you and enter you into that rest. So would you seek him this Christmas time? Would you look for Jesus Christ this Christmas time? I do pray that each of you have a great Christmas. Pray for the McVeighs as we start out this new year preaching in a couple of weeks, and we'll pray for you and your family. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption calleth not. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.